Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. WHUPLP in Hillsborough. I am Anita Rao here with Sandra Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that intro, Anita. You are welcome. So, um, yeah, here we are. It's almost the end of our fourth season, which has been a really strong string of shows, if I have to say so myself. And our spring is about to pop off. So, Anita, what's up with you? What are you getting into this spring while we go on our hiatus? Yeah, we're going to take a couple months off. We have one more. We have this episode. Then we have one more. And then we're going on a bit of a hiatus. Um, I'm doing two weeks of travel. I'm going to England for a week to see all of my extended family on my mom's side. And then going to Norway for a week where my boyfriend's sister lives you can see some fjords um which will be highly exciting the spring is just feeling especially crazy so i at this moment i'm feeling a little bit like what were we thinking going on a two-week trip in april Mm -hmm. but hopefully once we're over the ocean yes that'll all just i think you need to just lean into the travel yeah what's up with you aside from uh allergies slash well if i don't die from these allergies that I'm having right now. My plan this spring (laughs) is to go to a bunch of music festivals for work. So pretty much every weekend in April, I will be at different music festivals across North Carolina repping this year music project that I've been working on, which is really fun. And then in June, we're taking a trip to Montreal together. And then when we get back from Montreal, I'm going to go to LA for a week for fun. So that's what I've got. So we'll have updates from around the country and the globe for you all but in the meantime you should go back and listen to any episodes you missed from this season and please please share your feedback on the season's shows we have a survey that we've linked to on our facebook and our instagram and we'll put in the show notes for this episode just to kind of get uh, a sense of what you all have liked what you want to hear more of and then leave us yes leave us a review. review and a rating i know that every podcaster says this and people that aren't in podcasting are probably so sick of hearing it. But it really does make a big difference. <laughs> it does. <laughs> so you should do it. thanks to all y'all listening who already have done that. We appreciate it. Yes, we do. So without further ado, on the show today, joining us is a fellow Midwesterner and journalist, Naomi Prelo. She was raised in Kansas. 
uh, lived in Florida, and then moved from Tampa to North Carolina in 2017 to work as a radio reporter. She spends most of her time reporting in Greensboro and the Triad and trekked here today to join us. Naomi, welcome to She and Her. Thanks for having me, you guys. So the idea behind this conversation began from a chat that you and I had over lunch, I don't remember when, a couple of months back. And I think it started with us talking uh, about body image and some episodes that we had done on She and Her and conversations we'd had around body image. And then you mentioned your experience with nudity and being a nudist. And then the conversation kind of pivoted. And I just had so many questions. And I was like, the perfect form for interrogating Naomi about all of this (laughs) is a radio show and podcast. Uh, So we invited you on. So I guess just start maybe first by defining kind of what nudism is to you, just so we kind of have the language and terminology I mean, nudism is liberation. It's freedom. You know, it's freedom from judgment. It's freedom from what society thinks. It's freedom from clothes, clearly. <laughs> but um, I mean, I feel like that's what other people, other nudist definition is of nudism. To me, it's just me being myself. That's pretty much. <laughs> so would you it. would you d- say that you identify as a nudist? Oh yeah, totally. Okay, and I what mean, does that mean on a daily basis? Uh, on a daily basis, obviously, I'm only limited to my house, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just me being me and the skin I'm in. I just for me, I've always thought that clothes are a vehicle for judgment. You know, someone's always going to if you're wearing a loud pink dress, someone's going to be like, oh, that dress is way too loud. Oh, my gosh, that dress is way too small or that tux doesn't fit him. Why is it so big? Like people are always going to judge you off of what you wear, even if you're the best dressed. And I just never liked that because I always got judged for my clothes in middle school. Once I in middle school, I wore like a full on velvet outfit with like my hair and pigtails, yes. I looked a hot mess. <laughs> it was like a purple long sleeve velvet shirt with stars on it and then dark blue velvet pants. And it was it was something. But I just feel like once you remove the clothes, you can't really I feel like there's only so much you can talk about with a person's weight or, you know, how big their boobs are, how big their penis is until that gets old. You can't really say anything after that. <laughs> so when you say, I guess let's, let's let's go back to the beginning of this journey for you. Tell us a bit about kind of your childhood and your relationship with nudity, like your earliest memories of of this kind of being a way of expressing yourself. Well, see, that's the thing. Like growing up in my house, I think we we're just pretty middle class, pretty tame. We never really brought up subjects. So the subject of nudity wasn't anything that was really discussed in my house because no one ever brought it up. But my parents were never like super strict being like, oh, Naomi, you can't be naked or you can't wear this or whatever. They, if I was laying around naked in, you know, my room or anything or around the house, they'd just be like, oh. <laughs> That's Naomi doing her thing. Yeah, it's, it, it's no big deal. And so when I did eventually tell my parents like, hey, I am a nudist, they were just like, eh, all right, well. Whatever. <laughs> and when was that? Uh, I, I think it was probably sometime in college because after some research, I realized like, OK, I really do fit into the nudist lifestyle. And so I just brought it up to my parents one day and they're just like, oh, well, whatever. So my dad, he's fine with it. My mom, she's fine with it as long as I'm not 
naked in her house. You know, she wants me to have respect while I'm there. Okay. But I mean, growing up, there was never like a, a defining moment. There was never like the taking the clothes off in Long John Silver and being like, I'm naked, everyone. <laughs> it was just something that I always, I guess I just always knew, but I didn't. I didn't have a definition for it until I was in college. But you did have it like experiences when you were a kid where didn't you have like a sign that you'd put on your door? Well, yeah. I mean, don't come in. I'm naked. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless you want to see that, you know, I don't really care. But, you know, obviously with a brother who's going through puberty and, you know, a lieutenant colonel father, I don't think they're really going to barge into my room. But. Everyone did barge into my room anyway, just because that's my room was like the social gathering place of the house for some reason. But I mean, my sister and my mom would come in all the time. They're like, you're still naked. I'm like, yeah, it's my room. What are you guys doing? (laughs) So would it be something for you where like you come home from school, you have your snack, you're hanging out in the kitchen and then you go to your room to like do homework and hang out. And like that's where you decide to take off your clothes and then you just kind of like hang out and you would be most comfortable kind of staying that way the rest of the evening if oh, yeah. it weren't for... Oh, yeah, totally. I, I was that way. And to, unless my mom needed me for something or my dad needed me for something, I would just be naked hanging out in my room all the time. And when I had the house to myself, same thing, <laughs> walking around naked. So, Okay, so, you know, when you were describing how you feel like clothes are a modality that people place judgment on. I also feel like for women, a lot of times your physical body is that too. So would you talk about your relationship with your body? To me, that's just a big separation between where a lot of women are when it comes to being comfortable in their own physical body versus like, let me find a cute top that will improve this problem area. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, my relationship with my body has always been fine from the get. I've never had an issue with my body, whether I've been like super fit and in shape or super fluffy like I'm feeling now. <laughs> I've never I've never had an issue with my body at all. And I, I want to say that stems from seeing my mom growing up because she um, she's this petite, light-skinned woman. And I'm, I always... I don't want to be offensive to the Kardashians, but I always felt like the Khloe Kardashian of my family <laughs> because my mom and my sister, you know, petite, light-skinned, cute little girls, cute little frames, perky breasts. And then you have me who's like 5'4 and like big boobs and big booty and like hips and all that stuff compared to them. So I always felt like an ogre half <laughs> the time. But, I mean, seeing my mom, you know, I... Growing up, I would always hang out with my mom, like in her room or in her bathroom while she's getting dressed or doing whatever. That's we're very close. And so, you know, I would see her changing and everything, see her boobs, see her, you know, Mm -hmm. vagina, see her butt, see her stomach. And she went through an emergency cesarean because she had preeclampsia and my sister was born premature, I think two months premature. And so instead of doing the regular cesarean sideways, they had to go vertical. So she has this huge scar. And, you know, kind of like a pot belly when I was growing up and just seeing her just rock out, you know, not paying attention to it, not caring, not trying to cover it up or anything, going to the beach or the pool in her bikini like that. I was just like, oh, (laughs) and I'm like, she's comfortable with her body. I'm comfortable with my body. So I think that kind of was pushed on to me in a subtle way. Um, Osmosis almost. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So my my. Me and my body, we, we're besties, you know. I That's don't, awesome. I always thought yeah. I'd look good. I've always felt good. That's pretty much it. <laughs> so what is your reaction? We had this 
when we talked with um, Laura Pelser for that body image episode, something that she said that I have thought about so much is that she has a completely neutral, if not kind of like inquisitive and positive response to noticing a change in her body. So like the example I think she gave was like, oh, I notice that like my butt's bigger. And so then I kind of like get in front of the mirror and I dance and I'm like, oh, it like jiggles in this new way. Her and butt is fantastic. <laughs> her butt is it fantastic. Is. I, I saw her yesterday and I was just like, oh my gosh. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I can feel her blushing right Yes, now. I know. <laughs> I know. But so like what is your response to, I mean, because you do spend a lot more time nude, like seeing probably seeing your body change more so than other people maybe like what is your response to seeing body changes Mm, I don't really I don't think I really pay attention to them honestly um because I'm just so used to seeing my body naked I mean I I have noticed that obviously I have gained all the weight back that I lost a couple years ago but you know it is what it is I I notice, like, if my butt's gotten bigger, I'm like, oh, look at that. <laughs> okay. Or if my boobs have gotten bigger, I'm just like, okay, well, I need to get a new bra because you guys are popping out of this one. <laughs> or my stomach, I'll be like, oh, my gosh, my stomach is so huge, but whatever. <laughs> but it doesn't translate into any other kind of thoughts or decisions. Oh, or no. Yeah. I'm just like, eh, well. Okay, so what's your relationship like with looking at your body in the mirror? It's I I honestly think it's just pretty neutral. I I'm not like oh my gosh in the mirror. Like I have a full length mirror in my bedroom, and I'll stand in front of the mirror, you know, put my arms out, look around, you know, look back at it, and do a little twerking, do a little dancing. But yes. I mean, I don't I don't think there's any dread or happiness when I look at my body in the mirror. I'm just like oh this is my body. I ask because I wrote a essay a couple years ago about like street harassment. We were, we did a show around this and I was talking about my relationship with my body and how for years I would get up in the morning and I would like immediately look at my stomach and be like, how's it looking today? Because that was always the area where I felt insecurity about. Oh. And when Anita read that essay, she's like, oh my God, that is, I so relate to that. So I'm wondering if, because you're, you've spent so much time being comfortable in your body, mm-hmm. if there was some difference between how you, you know, are monitoring it or checking it out. No, there honestly isn't. I just look at my stomach because my stomach is my problem area, but it's just like, eh, well, what are you going to do? <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I try to eat right, but then sweets are so delicious. And <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, and so I just I've, I think I've accepted the fact that I'm always going to have a pudge on my stomach, whether it grows bigger or goes smaller. It's always going to be there. I don't think I'm ever going to have a flat stomach ever, but that's OK, because I don't really care. <laughs> well, so talk about you. So you said kind of we have a vision of you growing up and your room is kind of your sacred space where you can be nude and people know that you're going to be in there. As you transitioned away from home into college, how did your relationship with nudity evolve uh, at that point? I mean, being out on my own and like being in my own apartment, well, at least with roommates first starting out. It was it was the same thing, you know, I'd still be naked or half naked at least when I went to go cook dinner or something. And I think that kind of rubbed off on my other roommates because, you know, I would come home and I would see them half, you know, in their bra and panties and stuff like that, hanging out in the living room. I'm like, yes. <laughs> and I think because, you know, I didn't care how my body I don't care how my body looks. 
because I think I'm sexy either way. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> that that's the thing. I've always thought that I was sexy and you know cute and all that. So I never cared what my body looked like. But um, yeah, coming home and like seeing my roommates, you know, half dressed because I don't think, at least to my knowledge, I don't think that they started doing that until I moved in. And I was just like, yay. <laughs> Did you ever have a conversation with them? Like, hey, y'all, this is something that I do. Just want to kind of oh, put no, that out I, there? No, it was just pretty much. You just did it. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys have an issue with it, then, you know, just let me know. But this is who I am. So, and I think, I mean, I don't want to sound conceited, but I think that my aura, well, especially back in college, I had like this very confident aura and just like, eh, whatever. So I think that when I would be naked or half naked, they would just be like, oh, well, that's expected because that's Naomi and that's who she is. I don't think I ever had to verbalize like, hey, guys, I'm a nudist. It was just something that was just known. <laughs> so what was the transition to you kind of doing research and deciding like, oh, this is kind of a lifestyle or a philosophy that I am interested in. I think I had read an article um, about this couple who was raising their um, family as a nudist family in Florida. (laughs) And um, I think after that, I was like, oh, let me do a little bit more research into that. And then as I did, I was like, oh, this is completely what I identify as. Like, I don't care about clothes. I don't care about the way, you know, my body looks. I don't judge anyone for how their body looks. I feel like being naked is just being free and this is how I want to live the rest of my life. And I think that's when I was like, okay, there's an actual name (laughs) for who I am and what I do. So I think that when people think of nudity, they think of just sex, you know, or someone who's a nymphomaniac and who's like, oh, you're naked all the time. You can have sex whenever you want. It's like, no, honestly, it's not like that. It's we do the same things that everyone else does. It's just that we do them naked it's no big deal. So, okay, when you are out in the dating universe and mm-hmm. this comes up, do people sexualize it immediately? It There's usually either a sexual response or an inquisitive response. And if there's a sexual response, I know, like, okay, this ain't going to go <laughs> the way I need it to. If there's an inquisitive response, I'm like, oh, okay, maybe we can see something there. But I don't, I might, I don't blame them because, you know, America is so conditioned to think that nakedness is bad and that it's all about sex you know I feel like for a country who is like shield your eyes from the breast you know we're very sexual in nature and I don't understand that yeah at all. <laughs> well how do you navigate that within the context of a relationship because I think for me you know I'm not a nudist and I don't <laughs> I would say the time that I spend in the nude or partial nude in my house it's either like you know I'm getting in the shower I'm getting out of the shower I'm changing clothes or I'm going to be intimate with my partner. So that like the act of being nude or partially nude is kind of a, a signal in some ways. So for you, as someone who is nude more often, like how do you kind of signal to your partner that you are like interested in engaging? How do you differentiate just like being nude around the house from like wanting to be physical? I mean, I, I think it's all about intention, you know, like if you... I feel like if you're with your partner, if he's sitting on the couch watching, you know, the game or Law and Order or something, 
And you come in and you're just like, hey, babe, how are you doing? <laughs> you know, and you put on the sexy voice and you, you know, maybe feel around or show some more affection to him that way. I think it's like, OK, it's time. OK. <laughs> Has it taken your partner's time to get used to that? Uh, like that you just walking into the room naked is just neutral? Yeah. I mean, I I usually preface it like after we've been on a series of dates and, you know, we're in the early stages of the relationship. I'm always like, hey, I just want you to know that I'm a nudist. So when you see me walking around, it's not because like I'm an infomaniac. We can do that. Right. <laughs> There's no problem with that. But I just want you to know that this is going to get pretty old pretty quickly. Mm. And at first they're like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. And then afterwards they're like, oh, okay, I come home from work and she's cooking pancakes naked. <laughs> what else? <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. At some point, you transitioned to spending time in a nudist colony. Mm -hmm. So will you walk us through that? Yeah. Um, so after, oh, how old was I? I think I was 20. Yeah, I was 20. And I had gone through like a traumatic sexual experience. And so I just felt like I needed to get away from anyone and anything. And I just needed to be like by myself. And I couldn't do that in... Uh, an apartment with three other roommates, you know? So I was just like, I'm about to go crazy. I'm about to go out of my mind. So I started looking up nudist colonies in the area, just something, because I was like, I don't want to do a hotel, you know? Let me find something that's more me. I don't want to go back home to visit my mom. I just need to be by myself. So I looked up some nudist colonies in the area, I took a tour of one of them, which was like the first one that I took a tour of. And I was just like, oh, OK, this is where I need to be. So, um, yeah, I was able to get a tour of the place. I saw their motel, which they have on property. I saw the pool, the library, the community center, the tennis courts, the RV park where people park and live, their running trail, all of that. And I was like, OK, this is where I need to be for solitude. So I was living there for... About six months, and um, I mean, I didn't really fraternize much because I was dealing with, you know, trauma, but um, just being there and being able to just be free and be me away from anyone, away from my normal everyday people, it was just very, very healing in a sense. And I mean, it was cool to meet other 
people who think like you and have the same mindset as you. But um, I mean, it was it was great. I think everyone should live in a nudist colony. Why do you say that? (laughs) Because I feel like you really get to know your body and and who you are and and see what life is like without judgment honestly because i mean these nudist colonies they're not letting anyone and everyone in i mean they are selective but i mean they do the background checks you can't live there if you're a sex offender so if you stare too long at somebody you know at one of their body parts uh uh-uh, they don't play that so it's not like news colonies are like free-for-alls mm-hmm. you know they have rules and regulations and so it's nice to just be able to look someone in the eye and say, hey, how's your day going? Oh, did you see that You know, movie last night on Lifetime about whatever? You're actually having a conversation. You're forced to have a eye-to-eye conversation with somebody. So it's really, I feel like you create more of an intense connection with people when you live in a nudist colony because the clothes are removed and you have to <laughs> really focus on what this person is saying and looking them in the eye. What are some of the rules and regulations? Yeah, so some of the rules are, well, at least the one that I went to, was you you have to be respectful. You can't, you know, say, oh, hey, Anita, and stare at, you know, their rack for however long, because that's that's not being respectful. It's being rude. Um, you have to have a towel with you wherever you go so you can sit down on the bench or whatever, because obviously we don't want body juices mixing and mingling, and <laughs> that's just another way of, of being respectful. Um, no lewd comments are allowed um, about anyone's body or appearance or things of that nature. Obviously, they go through the background check. They make sure that you're not a sex offender. And then just, you know, keep it fun. Keep it nice. No fighting, obviously. <laughs> so it really is just uh, just the happiest place on earth for me. So everyone, <laughs> like, I'm just trying to kind of visualize. So you go to the library. Mm-hmm. You sit, you, like, put down your towel. Yeah. But then aside from that, everyone is nude. Oh, yeah. Can you choose to be partially clothed in any way or is it a requirement that you do not I mean if you're doing um something athletic you know you don't want your tits bouncing in your face <laughs> I have to say <laughs> I did think about that playing tennis, tennis. <laughs> or the running trails like wow yeah I mean like if you're if you're if you have bigger boobs you know and you want some support when you're running or whatever okay that's fine but wearing clothes makes other people uncomfortable in nudist colonies well talk about kind of the who made up that community? Because I read a piece, it was from like 2011 or something, but it was talking about how there are like more than 200 nudist colonies in more than 250 in the U.S., but they're mainly populated by like boomers and older folks. And they're really, like nudism is really not catching on in younger generations. And so there's kind of a, a fear or concern that this philosophy and lifestyle is really dying out. Yeah, and and that makes me sad because I just I feel like nudity is so great. There's so many benefits of being nude and just being naked and enjoying your body and having a personal connection with other people and it's a shame that people are suffering through, you know, body images or concerned about what society thinks of their body or how they should look that they can't appreciate what they have. But there are I mean, I haven't joined this association yet, but there is um, a group called the Black Naturist Association, Mm. and it's for black nudists. Yay. (laughs) And they, um, you know, go on trips all around the world. I know that they're going, they went to Haiti, they've been to Mexico, they're, I believe they're going to Curacao later on this year. I tried to join, but they're already full. So I was like, 
dang. <laughs> but this is all like younger, you know, like our age, like in their 20s and 30s. Okay. And so I'm like, hopefully this can spurn on to other, I guess, millennials or younger folks because it's true. You know, when I went, when I was living in my nudist colony, I'm pretty sure I was the youngest person there. Really? Yeah. Everyone else is like mid 40s on up. And how about people of color? Oh, no. I was the only black person there. Really? Yeah. What was that like? I mean, I, I was used to it. I grew up in Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> I True. Yeah, but it's just, it can be frustrating sometimes because I don't know what it is about the black body, but especially a black naked body, people are like primal, like, oh my gosh, like they think it's just so explicit for some reason and I'm like hold on a second I'm naked just like you we got the same breasts you know the same vagina mine's is just in a different color and somehow mine's is more threatening it doesn't make sense well we're social it's just like it's we have been socialized to think about black bodies in such a particular way either like highly sexualized obviously racialized and like kind of focused on the physicality yeah like my mom and i we were just talking about the whole janet jackson justin timberlake situation yesterday what do you think about that bro that was ridiculous i i think i was like i think one she shouldn't have gotten all that backlash like everything was on her they they blackballed her pretty much you know they said oh you can't come to the grammys oh you're losing out on this movie part it was ridiculous and justin timberlake's you know out there chilling hanging out and and then the the breast coming out, I was like, people were, I was like, America was just scared of a black titty. That's all it was. Because I guarantee if it was like Britney Spears' breast popping out, it'd be like, oh, eh. but I don't Wardrobe think it would have. malfunction. Yeah, but I don't think it would have been as intense <laughs> yeah. if it was like someone who was white like Britney Spears versus Janet Jackson. But well, then you- if you think about in the Super Bowl this year and Adam Levine mm-hmm. performs and he was shirtless. Yeah. And there was all like the, the news about that was his tattoos. I heard an amazing commentary yesterday, and they're like, and I mean, we're talking about him, and he had two nipples out, and neither of them are even functional. They're not even <laughs> Amen. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, okay, you, this is a lifestyle that you believe in. You believe it's a transformative thing for people to participate in. And is that why you, as a public radio producer, so you live a very public life, feel comfortable being out in the public on this podcast, on this radio show as a nudist, because part of me in my mind is like, are are we sure we want to do this? (laughs) You know, but talk a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, I I honestly have no shame. (laughs) If someone wants to ask me a question, you know, about how I live or whatever, I'll answer it. You know, I don't think I'm going around shouting to whoever being like, hey, I'm a nudist, you know, or like whatever. I mean, you know, I'm a black vegan nudist. I don't. <laughs> I think what it's more like, can I say? <laughs> you know, um, I don't really care. Who knows? Um, it's not anything to be ashamed of. You know, I'm not killing anybody. I'm not breaking any laws. I'm just being naked. I think you're so right that so much of kind of the initial response, and I'm even thinking about my own kind of initial response to you saying this is like a reflection of how messed up our society's relationship with sex and nudity is like that there it provokes this initial kind of feeling of like whoa yeah that's different or like that's salacious and it's it's so interesting to hear you talk about it in such a neutral way where it's like I don't know all of the things that we put on our naked body are have so much to do with social construction exactly you know there's nothing inherent about a nude body that makes it 
highly sexual or like pornographic yeah. or like risque. Yeah, because you know, if if you were to get naked right now, it's just okay, it's a naked body. So what? <laughs> and it is really freeing to be like I went to a on a trip to California and visited some of my best girlfriends a couple of months ago and we went to this Korean spa and it was like an all women's area and like everyone was nude. And like there aren't that many times when you're completely nude around your friends as adults and it was like you know there's the first few minutes where you're feeling kind of self-conscious then after that it was just like oh my god like Mm -hmm. this is so it it is really freeing to feel like it's a completely neutral thing that you can like get up out of the hot tub and then you go over to this place and you're just like and I'm doing all this naked we very rarely exist in those spaces, I think. It's yes. It's just it's really no big deal. Like yeah. that's I mean that's the approach I've always had. I'm like nudity is no big deal, you guys. So how does this fit into kind of looking forward as you think about I don't know, building other aspects of your life or partnerships? Like how does your nudism fit into all of that? And raising kids, if that's something you want to do. I mean, I, I definitely, you know, want to get married. I want to have children. And I want to raise them nudist, maybe in a nudist colony, or maybe we'll visit there every now and then. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I want to raise them with the the thought process that nakedness is not a sin. So society loves to make it seem like, you know, oh my gosh, tits, you can't see that, vagina, you can't see that. No, like that's going to create an unhealthy relationship with the human body if you hide it all the time. So... I just I want them to have a healthy relationship with nakedness, with nudity, to where they're not like hubba hubba, you know, there's some great tits in front of me or something like that. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, you know, yeah, or yeah. like if the if the girl's like, Oh my gosh, a penis, I can't believe it. No, not no. I want them to be able to just if there's breasts or a penis in front of them, just be like, hmm. Is there not even give it a second thought? Yeah. Is there any and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but any element of fear in you? From having gone through a traumatic sexual experience, is there any part of that that, like, resides in your body that has any kind of connection with nudity or being naked? Mm, I mean, I don't really think so because I think that's what the nudist colony helped me deal with. Mm. You know, after all that happened... I did go through a time where I was just kind of like not wanting to look at myself in the mirror, clothed or naked. (laughs) Um, So I think that living in the news colony helped me regain that or rebuild Mm. that relationship with my body again. And to be like, okay with that. My body isn't this bad thing because something bad happened to it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, And so I think that's what the, News Colony helped me with whether they intended to or not. Yeah, you were kind of able to expunge some of that through normalizing your nude body again. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I mean, but since then, my relationship has just pretty much gone back to what it was <laughs> with nudity as it always has been. Just, you know, I'm naked just because I, I like it. You know, this is my body. It is what it is. When you think about raising like a, a family or a little girl and putting her in an environment or raising her in a culture that doesn't accept nudity, would there be any fear of the sexualization of, of her nude body? I don't know if you thought about that. Um, I mean, I think, I, I think constant conversation, you know, constant communication about 
people who sexualize the body and what the body is intended for and that sort of thing, that would help. But I honestly have no idea. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. But I mean, I'm just basing it off of my relationship with my mom because we talked about everything. Mm -hmm. There was never any like, you have to know about the birds and the bees. It was kind of like, hey, mom, what does, you know, 69 mean? Or she would say, (laughs) this is. But I mean, this is yeah. how it was, you know, she would she I remember she showed me this is what happens when your hymen rips and this is what it means when your cherries popped. And these are the correct terms. I know we're getting pretty explicit, no, but I mean, that's great. Yeah, I mean, but so the way m- my mom and our relationship is, is how I would want me and my future daughter is just for her to be like, you know, hey, mom, you know, what's going on with these guys keep catcalling me? Why is it? And I'd be like, well, <laughs> Here's why. And Take a seat. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about hundreds of years of patriarchy, my Let child. Let me take you to the very beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. And In the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you know, honestly, people say, what's your idea of perfection? And I say in the Garden of Eden before the fall of man, because yes. everybody was chill. Everybody was naked. Yes. You know, we were eating fruits and veggies. Animals were all getting along with each other. Yes. We were all perfect. <laughs> and then... That happened. <laughs> but that's like my idea of utopia is just to be naked, hanging out with my animals, eating, you know, my vegetables and my fruits because obviously I don't eat meat and just being naked and enjoying life. It's paradise. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Naomi. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, where can people find your work? Oh, gosh. I didn't know I'd have to bring in work. You don't have to. You don't have to. Oh, no. I mean, mean, you know, just go to WNC.org and see what I'm reporting on or talking about. Check on her (laughs) reporting. And you can find everything she and her at sheandherradio.com, at sheandher on Facebook, Instagram. and Wherever you get your podcast. Wherever you get your podcast. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And we have one more episode coming down the pike for you all. So we'll, we'll see you then. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.